Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, a special edition tonight, part of our four-part series on the elements. Tonight's element is fire. Last week, we talked about water, and in the next two weeks, we'll have a show on air and a show on earth, looking at the symbolism and the current topical events of those elements and their corresponding Elementals, salamanders, sliffs, undines, and gnomes. Welcome to the broadcast, wherever and whenever you may be listening around the world, early in the morning, late at night, whenever it may be. If you have a hard time staying up or listening to the show all the way through because you just get really, really tired and maybe you get scared, uh, you know, I don't know, shouldn't be scared, but some people get scared. You can go to the archive on the website and listen to the show again or listen to uh, the parts that you missed, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you subscribe to the archive, you get access to not only the archive, but the montages for the show as well. And you'll get access to my digital books. Or you can just buy a book separately or buy them all together. You get a discount there as well. And you get a free copy of one of those books when you subscribe for one year. So it's a great deal. Subscribe for one year. Or you can just grab a book. www.thesecretteachings.info My email, rdgable at yahoo.com That's rdgable at yahoo.com I answer all those emails, so give me some time to respond back if you haven't gotten a response yet. Social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Check us out on Patreon as well for behind the scenes videos and more. And check out our affiliate sponsors. They're all linked up on the website Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health. You know, earlier this week, I, I talked a little bit about the Bible and other sacred texts. The show we did called Shrines of Babylon was honestly one of, one of my favorite shows. Um, every week I, I have a favorite show, but this show, I think the shrines of Babylon was one of the best shows I might've done this year. I'm patting myself on the back for it because I was a little bit concerned going into the show, how I was going to take the idea I had, because I don't plan it ahead of time. I mean, I might have an idea, but I, I looked at September 11th because the anniversary come is coming up this weekend for 20 years the destruction of those towers and other surrounding satellite events, the psychological trauma, uh, the idea that we are special or unique or we have freedom and that's why terrorists were jealous and hated us, you know, implying subconsciously and unconsciously that if you want to be safe, then you need to surrender freedom. And all that led to the psychological trauma that altered the way in which our brains functioned and impaired our physiological and psychological and neuronal and cognitive functioning. 
And all that can actually be related to tonight's element, fire, for a lot of different reasons. We talked about the Bible, too, because the Bible, to reference it again, a different section of the Bible, Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance. Our last show on the element was water last week. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Of course, fire is also a form of protective element because fire, in the biblical sense and in terms of baptism, protects you from evil. It guarantees you the protection of God. That's the story told in Daniel 3. Suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. He asked his officials, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the blazing furnace? They answered, yes, we did, your majesty. Then why do I see four men walking around in the fire, he asked. They are not tied up, and they show no sign of being hurt. And the fourth one looks like an angel. Those three men were protected in that furnace because they had refused to kneel to the king. They only knelt to Jesus. They only knelt to the Son of God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I guess uh, VeggieTales was a very educational show because that's where I learned that biblical story. I always uh, wondered as I got older, though, um, about the kind of the irony of putting, you know, vegetables or fruit into the fire like they're being cooked I don't know, maybe I cooked too much, but <laughs> I, thought of, I thought of that recently. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe you saw VeggieTales. I liked VeggieTales. Or Bible Man. Bible Man was great. You know, Bible Man's like this guy. It's kind of like the Mormon church a little bit, the origin of the Mormon church. Or like, uh, you know, there's a couple other religions that are similar. But like he finds this Bible, and because there's superpowers, he's got like a lightsaber and he's fighting like evil Siths that are representatives of the seven deadly sins. He's like lust, and he's got to fight this Sith Lord with the lights. It's great. It's fantastic. But uh, I watched, uh, you know, VeggieTales. I learned that story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't burn because they had the protection of baptism, the protection of the fire of the Holy Spirit that protected them in the flames. So fire is protective. Fire is also protective. Outside of the Bible, just think of lighting a fire. You know, burning something away. You know, in some of the most basic forms of magic, ritual magic, practical magic, any magician, um, any witch, anybody will tell you, any scholar on the subject will tell you the only the basic things you can do. And it's just, I mean, psychologists might honestly recommend this even. If you're trying to get rid of a thought, you know, you write down on a piece of paper. Magic, though, denotes that you write down on a piece of paper, you fold it up, crumble it up, keep it in your hand, put it into a cauldron, put it into something, light it on fire, burn it away, and the smoke and the ashes of what was written on that paper disappear. But this is the reason that suffumigations and, and incense and candles and things that burn and, and provide, provide uh, lovely smells or things that maybe aren't so lovely the smoke and those scents are meant to connect with certain intelligences like gods and goddesses. 
And if you are attempting to pray to one of these, these divine subjects, divine deities, you find the color, the time of day, the day of the week, and you incorporate all of that information into the ritual. You know, whether it's gold for the sun or black for Saturn, whether you're using strings or you're using, you know, robes or you're using whatever, you'd find the colors that correspond to that thing that you are attempting to connect with as an idea. And it's all just, it's all the subconscious mind is what it is. But when we pray, we hope that the incense takes our prayers up to the gods. This is why, you know, especially in Catholic ritual, my God, Catholic ritual, going to any Catholic church, all the prayer candles burning. Why are they called prayer candles? Because we light them, we say a prayer, we hope the smoke takes the prayer up to God. That's superstitious. That's not why I use them. Well, that is why you use them. Didn't say it was a bad thing. That is that is the basis for why it's called a prayer candle. It's not meant to, to, to be a candle that you know helps you see so you can write down your thoughts, whatever your prayers are. It helps you to connect with God in a, in a magical way. In fact, I every show that I, I usually do, I have a candle burning. I, I have a, uh, well, I have a Guadalupe candle, Virgin of Guadalupe. I have a Virgin Mary candle burning on my desk. There's a lot of significance to, the, to that candle and that symbol. That it brings our, our prayers, our voice up to God. You see, the Bible speaks of fire as baptizing particularly in relation to the Holy Spirit. But fire is also something that God rains down on those that are worthy of his justice. Fire can be seen figuratively as a substance that burns away the old, burns away the unusable, to allow for rebirth, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. This occurs in nature too, particularly natural wildfire uh, wildfires that like like they precede a forest's rebirth and growth. Yeah, fires can be caused by man for reasons that are both politically negligent and socially irresponsible, which make Smokey the Bear very upset. Fire can also be seen as a consciousness, as a will. Traditionally, the wand represents the will and air. The chalice or cup represents intuition and water. The sword represents mind and fire. And the pinnacle represents the bodily temple or earth. Other traditions assign the wand to fire rather than to air. Fire is as destructive of a force as it is necessary to the creation of life. I like the idea of the wand being fire because the wand represents will and i feel this is my opinion that the sword although it is fiery like mars and aries the god of war spills blood the wand i feel although it is a a, a directionalizing of 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 the of the will i think uh fire can also be part of the associated component of the will, and that is consciousness, because consciousness is is fiery. When someone is conscious and alive, you can see in their eyes that spirit, because, of course, the eyes are a gateway to the soul. I think the, the, the fire 
that burns in all of us always remains burning like a mysterious lantern that is kept alit by internal gases of the earth coming up and, and powering and fueling that, that, that device. I, I feel that fire is one of those things that, you know, we see fire as totally and absolutely destructive, but forests need fire. That doesn't mean you go burn down a forest, but fi- forests need fire. If forests don't have fire, and, and in, you know, in, in some cases, if, if forests, um, you know, don't have an opportunity to regrow and regenerate, they'll, things will die. Forests need fire. You know, that doesn't mean that they, they need fire in the sense that, you know, they need water and sunlight, you know, plants that, that are in the forest, the animals, the insects. They need, you know, depending on what kind of, you know, region of the world you're in. It's different, of course, if you're in the desert or if you're in an Arctic region. But, you know, like a fire is not always detrimental to the forest is what I'm saying. It burns away things that are unnecessary and that are useless now and that can actually contribute um, to the suffocation of life in the forest. So man has a way of finding, uh, you know, uh, bureaucratic methods of both supporting the forest and then with the egotistic and narcissistic notion that the forest is natural, leave the forest alone, can contribute to detrimental wildfires. What I mean by that is when man goes in and clears out dead wood and dead you know, brush and things like that, you can actually create fire breaks. So if a fire does start, it doesn't spread and destroy everything. Now, that might also be you know, interfering in the natural process and part of that has to do with the fact that we build homes in the forest. We, 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 we have communities in the forest, so we don't want that to burn. So we create fire breaks to prevent a fire that if it does start, natural or otherwise, it doesn't come and burn our homes down. But, you know, you know, uh, just look into nature and you'll find, you know, animals that cut down trees to make dams. Cut down lots of trees, actually, to, to make dams. You ever seen what a bird does to a beautiful cactus? It pokes holes in it, lives inside of it. We're part of nature. Like, I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. I'm a part of nature, and I have a responsibility and a duty and an innate desire to take care of nature, to take care of the world around me, not to pollute and support things that are destructive, and not to redefine what words like sustainable mean or unsustainable for that matter. I mean, psychologically speaking, there's a study from Michigan, Michigan, uh, it was Michigan University or something, that they said the people that are most concerned about climate change are the least likely to do anything about it. They just want authority. They want tyranny. They want government regulation. And the people that are not concerned about it or that are skeptical about it are the most likely to do things about it. They're most likely to take a bus. They're most likely to recycle. They're most likely to buy green products. Not that any of that necessarily has any contributing factor that is directly, you know, observable or 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 quantifiable. But it's the psychology of it. The people that want the control won't do anything. They just want the power and the people that don't want the power are more likely to take care of their of their environment, which is an interesting psychological observation. But, you know, if you, you look at a forest and you just don't, you, you have homes in a, in a forest, let's say, or near a forest, you know, on a mountain, you know, in a valley. 
and you and you don't touch you know the surrounding area because that's nature we can't touch nature you you are nature but that don't touch nature well when there is a fire natural or otherwise because some punks are lighting fireworks or somebody throws a cigarette or whatever you know uh, and then you didn't touch the brush and the dead wood, then it just it engulfs everything and burns the neighborhood down. And in both cases, there's an interference in nature in the sense that, well, you build a community here, and we don't want to touch it because with you know the forest, we don't want to touch the dead, the dead uh, wood and the brush because that's nature. We don't want to touch that. But if you don't touch that, it's going to cause more destruction, especially to what you've built as a community as part of nature. And if you believe that you should go in and remove those things, then maybe you're still dealing, you know, in a negative way with nature. You're still getting rid of something that naturally should be there, but we're removing it to better our environment to protect us. And then then it becomes political, which is really bizarre. You know, remember when the last White House administration said, California doesn't get any more money, you know, to, to, to fight these fires if they don't start clearing brush and it was like, oh, they want the, the, the state to burn down. Like, no. Um, if we're going to interfere in nature in any, in any way, um, let's at least make it safer, you know, by taking care of that environment. So let's clear out the dead wood and the brush. See, it just becomes this weird political thing. But fire is also more than that. Fire isn't just, like, creative and destructive. Fire isn't just baptizing and preserving. Fire is also, as I alluded to, fire is also part of our consciousness. Fire is something that that we can direct with the magic wand, which directs our will. And that can be associated with air or with fire. So if the wand directs the will and the will is consciousness and the wand is represented by fire and consciousness is fire, it's the wand is taking the consciousness, taking the fire and as a symbol of fire, directing it. Go back to the story of uh, Daniel. Daniel was accused of being an imposter for his use of false magic. And uh, he and his accusers were subject by the Babylonian king to a den of lions. Remember that story? These lions in the den did not harm Daniel, though, because neither the lion nor he was afraid. As with the projection of will by mere glance, what we know as the evil eye, a lion or tiger is thought in magical, uh, in magical sense, magical terms, to recede before a magnetic observance of those that are brave, even if they're lacking a physical weapon. See, this isn't really a literalism. Uh, It's a metaphor. Fear is an inhibiting factor to growth and the balance of control. Here is why the Magi were able to keep leopards, lions, and tigers in a docile state within the kingdom of Assyria. Lions are traditionally associated with the sun. They're main the solar corona. Therefore, they symbolically express the qualities of celestial fire. Serpents, likewise, are emblematic of the electric and magnetic currents of Earth, which may become an agent of the Magi. Those conquering these elements were often depicted with a Urias or a Urias serpent upon their foreheads in a posture poised to strike, signifying their ability to change the world before them through consciousness and will. These were the initiates in the mysteries, and these Urias serpents were seen on the headdresses of Egyptian pharaohs. Moses turned that 
wand into a snake, right? There's actually a scientific uh, 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 explanation for that. You can press a snake in a certain place to make it go stiff and, and to paralyze it and then, you know, make it go flaccid again. I just read that in a book a couple months ago. So the snake, though, the snake signifies one who has learned the secrets of alchemy and is able to control them. To control the telluric powers of the planet, the electricity, fire, the life force, energy. The telluric powers. They're powerful, fiery things. The telluric powers of the planet. Sometimes included on the brow is also the vulture, a symbol of flesh, which will be conquered upon resurrection of the solar spirit. And both of these creatures are placed on the brow for the purpose of of the external association with the sacred pineal gland, the Hindu uh, bindi placed in the center of the forehead, or the Yahweh mark, a cross made of ashes, often placed on the forehead during Ash Wednesday by Christians. It's also a practice carried out in the occult sciences of India by yogis. Mithric initiates also had an Egyptian cross in some manner uh, placed upon their foreheads to signify spiritual resurrection. They were also referred to as lions, the Mithric initiates were that is and there's some reference here to daniel of course because of the lion den and of course the strong grip of the lion's paul that raised the neophyte from symbolic death lazarus come forth it's believed that directors of will represented by the serpent were not only familiar with but also able to bend electricity in some respect to their desires through its understanding and application was termed transcendental pyrotechny the mastering of celestial fire Tonight, we're bending that will. We're bending that fire. We're wielding that fire. The magic wand, symbolic of fire, directing the fiery consciousness of man. I'm Ryan Gable. This is a special edition of The Secret Teachings, The Element Fire. And we'll be back. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients 
ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that Delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that Delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see in the observations that we make on The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Why do they not burn? A giant fire world caught on camera. Just one of the 86 wildfires across the West, destroying homes, damaging critical infrastructure, and forcing thousands to evacuate. Greedy things. Self-destructive. Only out for themselves. So nature made everyone sick. And wiped away as many as she could. And then a miracle happened. Nature set the rest of the earth on fire. Burn it. Yes. So we started the fire. Yes, the fire rises. The old world will burn in the fires of industry. The forests will fall. A new order will rise. So the Bible speaks of fire as baptizing in relation to the Holy Spirit. Fire is also destructive, and God used fire and brimstone to bring justice to those who deserved it in the biblical sense. Fire burns away that which is old and unusable to allow for rebirth and for a phoenix to rise out of the ashes. This is true in nature as well with wildfires. 
We know the wand is often associated with air and will, but in other and in some occult practices, the wand is a symbol of fire, having been that force that comes out of consciousness or that is a, an expression of consciousness that is directed by the wand through the practitioner and their will. The wand of association with fire is the direction of will, which is itself an expression of fiery consciousness. From Daniel in the Din of solar creatures or lions to the concept of the Magi, fire is a driving elemental force. Salamanders are the elementals of fire, which were seen as luminous globes, sometimes witnessed hovering above water. These are natural phenomena that we see today and that the ancients associated with elementals, creatures that were necessary to the development, the cultivation, uh, the usage of, of fire itself. It's said that salamanders dwell in the south, commonly associated with heat and hell, as was the Norse goddess of the underworld, H-E-L, hell. Considered the strongest and most powerful of all elementals, their ruler was Zin, described as being smokeless. The Jin, you know the Jin or the Jin in Islamic tradition? They were made of luminous fire, luminous fire, even though they appeared as a form of smoke. And they're also very, uh, uh, they're very well known as well as any demon is uh, in the Quran and in the Muslim tradition. Commonly referred to as genies, though, uh, you know, the Arabic world. Especially prevalent in Persian belief, like the Zoroastrianism and Mithraism groups, uh, cults. They provided a framework for the formation of demons in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Material fire was made of their essence and could not exist otherwise. Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, uh, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Uh, he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, in Daniel 3, suddenly Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. He asked his officials, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the blazing furnace? They answered, yes, we did, your majesty. Then why do I see four men walking around in the fire, he asked. They are not tied up, and they show no sign of being hurt. And the fourth one looks like an angel. Having refused to kneel to the king, the three men who were placed into the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were protected by the Holy Spirit. They were protected by that angelic influence because they had accepted and been purified by that fire. Fire is something that you learn a lot about when you read books on magic and occultism. Whether it's Daniel again in the lion's den and the directionalizing of will, that fear is an inhibiting factor to growth and the balance of control, And when you're not afraid, and you take control, using that wand to direct your will and to send the fire of consciousness forth from lions to serpents, like those Uraeus serpents 
on the foreheads, ready to strike, ready to change the world. Headdress of Egyptian pharaohs. Sometimes they were accompanied by a vulture, a symbol of flesh, to be conquered upon the resurrection of the soul or the spirit. The resurrected in the mysteries, including the story of Lazarus, were brought up from the tomb, from the coffin, from the carsophagi, carsophagus, with a lion's paw. And that's exactly what it was called. It was the strong hand of the lion's paw that raised the neophyte from symbolic death. It's really believed that the directors of will represented by the serpent were not only familiar with, but also able to bend electricity in some respect to their desires. Through its understanding and application was termed transcendental pyrotechny, the mastering of celestial fire. The Greeks are thought to have been familiar with electricity, a knowledge acquired from Egypt. Manley Hall writes in Lectures on Ancient Philosophy, which is a fantastic book if you've never read it, of this peculiarity. He said, this accounts for the peculiar venerations accorded amber by the early priestcrafts. For this substance had been found to possess the quality of capturing and storing electricity. End quote. As per whether or not the electricity here is to be literal, metaphoric, or both, this author is convinced of the latter. Hall expresses similar feelings, stating that among the Samothracian mysteries, let me try to pronounce it again, Samothracian uh, Samothracine mysteries. There are able to be found images of what has been called the electric head. Those faces here are surrounded by bands of hair that are standing on end, and in one symbolic group, the Hierophant is seated in the center, like the sun in the midst of the zodiac. Hall says of this depiction that we are observing the concentration of the will upon the dissemination of the great work. Persistence of will, a key component of magic, is uh, if it's used, if it's used properly, if liberated from sensory illusion and operated upon by the subduing of desire through rites and trials and rituals, allows for mastery of the elements. To attempt control of these magical powers by the unreasonable and rash will only serve to bring about destruction upon the practitioner like the collapsing walls of Jericho by the sound of trumpets in the biblical story of Joshua or the collapsing of the temple from Samson pushing apart the pillars of balance, the pillars of strength and beauty, the pillars of reason and logic, the pillars of philosophy and science, the pillars of intellect and moral. Just like when those twin towers came down, remember, remember the 11th of September. Social contract, the moral fabric, the intellectual fabric was broken, was ripped apart. Salamanders are the elements of, of this force. They are needed to create this force of fire. Like the sliffs of the air, the undines of the water, the mermaids we talked about on the first of this four-part special edition series of the secret teachings on the elements, or the gnomes. Now we want to look at something more topical across the United States, according to the National Interagency Fire Center. Just this year, more than 2.7 million acres have been charred. Researchers said that the current fires align with what they forecasted, noting that the region of California and the Pacific Northwest was parched by a massive drought, facing severe heat and had plenty of trees, brush, and grass ready to burn. Another explosive wildfire Millions of acres burning. The 
Caldor Fire, burning near Lake Tahoe, has forced thousands of people to evacuate, spread up to uh, 200 plus thousand acres itself. Ignited in mid-August, burning and burning and burning, coupled with 847,000 acres burned from a fire that began in July near Chico, California, called the Dixie Fire. These fires continue to rage, continue to burn. I read an article from the uh, L.A. Times. said, California says federal let-it-burn policy is reckless as wildfires rage out of control. It talks about, you know, Forest Service and how the National Forest Service allows some fires to burn as part of an overall strategy to thin forests that have become dangerously overgrown. Some federal agencies view burns, planned or otherwise, as a necessity of decreasing fire risk in the future, particularly in woods that have not seen flames in generations. Now, this is a logical approach. It's a logical scientific approach. But I think there's a lot of confusion between what is you know, acceptable and, and what is unacceptable. And I think there's a huge difference. I know there's a huge difference when we're talking about getting politics involved. And, 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 and when people on one side are involved politically and the other side is just based on, you know, reason or science, then, you know, there's still a lot of emotion, a lot of hysteria, a lot of craziness that happens. Like human beings are part of nature. So if human beings build a little community in the woods, you know, in a valley, on a mountain, um, it would probably be a good idea to clear out some of that dead, overgrown, you know, forest, uh, the brush, dead trees, things like that. So if there is a fire, you create fire breaks so that it doesn't rage out of control. And you're basically doing what a natural fire would do anyway, getting rid of the excess, getting rid of the dead, getting rid of the unnecessary, getting rid of the unusable. And when humans do that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just doing what nature would otherwise do, but adapting it to you and to your situation. But not touching it and interfering in nature, as we're told, humans interfere in nature. So if we're interfering in nature by building that community in the valley or on the mountain, and then we refuse to adapt to nature, then we are ourselves disconnecting from the natural world. And we're doing the very opposite of what those people with those ideologies believe that they're doing. They believe, I don't want to touch nature. It's separate from humans. It's not a part of me. I don't want to disturb it. Yet you're living in a house that was built using resources. And then you refuse to do what a fire naturally would do and burn up the excess, burn up the unusable. And so when there is a fire, it burns faster and more intense and more, more, more fiery, more hot. And then your home gets burned down. And it's like, well, that's because the National Forest Service, you know, they wanted to let some fires burn. It's because, you know, one political party, they didn't want to give us more money for the forest because we weren't taking care of the forest. But we want to, we want to preserve them. We don't want to take care of it because preserving it is taking care of it, preserving it by not touching it, not doing any work. But we still want to interfere in it. But see, as a part of nature, you can be part of the natural system, the ecosystem. You can be part of the, of the natural cycle. So you go build that house and then you help the forest to adapt as the forest helps you to adapt to this new environment that you, just like a beaver, have created. Here's another article from a week ago. Reuters. The headline says it all, although you should read the article. Failure to thin brush may have worsened California wildfire. You think? 
Here's another one. Forbes. California's devastating fires are man-caused, but not in the way they tell us. You think? The Western Governors Association in their 2006 Biomass Task Force report, I saw this in an article, said over time the fire-prone forests that were not thinned burn in uncharacteristically destructive wildfires, and the resulting loss of forest carbon is much greater than would occur if the forest had been thinned before fire moved through. Failing to thin leads to a greater greenhouse gas burden than the thinning created in the first place, and that doesn't even account for the avoided fossil fuel greenhouse gas emissions due to the production of energy from the forest thinnings. In the long term, leaving forests overgrown and prone to unnaturally destructive wildfires means there will be significantly less biomass on the ground and more greenhouse gas in the atmosphere. In other words, all the people that love the environment, that want to take care of the environment, don't want to disturb the environment, I'm not a part of the environment, it's separate. They want to exploit the environment to build what they want to build, not adapt to nature, not help nature to adapt to them. Go into the forest, take up residence, clear out the trees, make themselves happy and comfortable, and then not clear out the dead wood and the brush that prevents fire breaks so that when there is a natural fire, you know, just like people that build their houses on the beach and they want, oh my God, it's a hurricane. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, your house is built below sea level. So anytime there's a strong wind, you might have water in the basement. Anytime there's a strong tide, you might have water in the basement. You live in a place that isn't stable on the ground. You can't build basements in most parts, you know, most parts of Florida because the ground's too moist. You're, you're in a swamp. Oh, the hurricane came and took my house away. And if you're a Democrat, all that I guess that must mean climate change. And if you're a Republican, it still means climate change. Well, the climate didn't have anything to do with this. It was poor management by the Democrats. It's just all this political mumbo-jumbo nonsense. You built your house in the ocean. That's why it's wet. That's why it's underwater. You built it in the ocean. Case closed. But see the confirmation bias. Oh, it must be that hurricane intensity because of the climate changing. And it's... The same ideology with the house and the forest, not clearing the brush, not adapting to nature, not helping nature to adapt to you. And, and, and what, 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 do, what do you find? You find that if you don't clear and thin the forest, it will naturally thin and clear itself. Not because of climate change, but because that's how forests, like any natural system, work and operate. And when you disconnect from that, and when you exploit it, you become the very thing, and not only a hypocrite, but the very thing that you claim to stand against in your nice house with your nice car, I don't want to touch the forest. It's natural. You're natural too, idiot. You're natural too. You're part of nature. So be part of nature. Help nature out. Nature needs help like you need help. You help each other. You're a part of the system. Do you think beavers have a complex political system set up with scientific advisors telling them that if you cut down more trees, you gnaw one more tree, the whole ecosystem is going to collapse. And you got beavers out there with signs. No more trees. No more trees. No trees for dams. So you need to thin the forest. If you don't thin the forest, you're going to get more, more intense fires. That will do also what? Release more carbon. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. Pretty basic science. Pretty basic common sense, actually. If, if common sense could be any more basic, this is basic common sense. You don't like carbon. You don't like taking natural resources. You don't like adapting to the environment because the environment's separate than you, separate from you. 
So as long as you can take the resources you need and take part of the environment that you need to feel comfortable, safe, and to live in a, in, in a luxurious environment, home, lifestyle, it's okay. You'll leave everything else alone. Once you've taken your lot and your pound of flesh, and then everything else can burn around you, and then you wonder, why is it burning? Nature must be trying to get rid of humans. We're so destructive. Sipping on a Starbucks, you know, sitting in your bins, driving around Southern California. And then it's like, well, everybody who disagrees, they're the ones responsible for the fire. Anybody who disagrees, they're the ones responsible for getting me sick. It's the same ideology, isn't it? You don't do what you're told, that's why I got sick. Excuse me? You don't do what I told you to do, that's why my house burned down. And that's not like dismissing people whose homes burned down. That's, it's, it's horrible. But it's like I lived in Florida most of my life, or at least the first half of my life at this point. I lived in Florida. I know a ton of people that still live in Florida. Every time there was a hurricane, every single time, every time there's a hurricane, every single time, and it's gotten louder over the years. It's climate change. And then you, it's like some of these people, they rebuild their homes on the beach multiple times. Hurricane came, blew the house away. Okay, why'd you build it on the beach and not expect something like that to happen in Florida? So this is the third time we've had to rebuild. Excuse me, third time you've had to rebuild. Why'd you rebuild it again? The second time. You rebuild it a third time? Well, we like the beachfront view. So you, so basically, you want to be a part of nature again. You just don't want to have any responsibility. And then when a hurricane comes and when the water level rises because of the, the suction, because of the tides, because of the moon, because of the pressure of the hurricane or whatever it might be, that's not nature's fault and it's not your fault. It's your political rival's fault because they don't agree that we should do something like the Green New Deal. Like It just doesn't make any, any sense to me. This is all, this, see, this, I think, is part of the way in which we, we help to ignite and, and maintain and preserve that, that fire that is consciousness directed through the will of the magician, the wand. That fire, I mean, that, that's the torch of liberty, is it not? The flaming torch. It's the phoenix rising out of the ashes, out of the old world, creating a new world. And um, the phoenix is is you, uh, raising from the from the dead, like Lazarus, burning and burning and burning eternally, right? And in a place we call hell. Hell is, you know, a lake of fire, I think, which is confused with hell. Which, hell isn't fire. Hell isn't brimstone. Hell isn't all that. Hell is cold. Hell is dark. The opposite of the warm, illuminated, heavenly palace. I mean, Dante wrote that, right? Dante said that it's an ice palace. Was that Canto 33 or 34? He said it was an ice palace. The devil is in, in, encased in ice. I mean, the opposite of warm is cold. The opposite of heaven is hell. But if heaven is warm, hell must be cold. Hell can't be hot as well. That doesn't make any sense. 
hell is a place where we burn, but maybe burning isn't really the right way to put it. Maybe it's an intellectual, conscious, subconscious, unconscious. Maybe it's, it's, it's the feelings that we have when we know we've done something wrong, when we need to repent for what we've done, confess to what we've done. It's that burning desire inside of us to do good, to reach to God for forgiveness. And that, that really, I think, is at the core of the idea of why people say that this existence is really hell on earth. Well, in a sense, earth is hell, but that doesn't mean it's because humans are really evil and bad. It just means earth is hell, life is hell. But we attain, uh, you know, a, a, a attempt to attain this, this, this good. We attempt to connect with the divine, with source, and that's what the mystery schools are all about. That's, you know, why you go to church or temple. That's why you pray. It's why you use candles with incense. You burn those candles and you take the incense and you pray, and it goes up to God. And you use, uh, you know, suffumigations and nice smells to to appease the goddesses and the beautiful ladies and the and the, and the gods and to help, you know, obtain assistance to, 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 to move in a direction that is more divine than profane. And there, life is profane in that sense, but there's so much beauty in life and there's so much beauty in the natural world, so much beauty in a thought, so much beauty in, 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 in appreciating your five fingers on your right hand or your five fingers on your left hand or you know, your, your feet or your whatever, your ability to remember something, the ability to, to, to read, the ability to see, to hear, to taste, to touch, to smell, the five senses, the seven holes in the head, those divine, sacred concepts and numbers. Fire is a key element, a key component of all of this. Fire is what provides us with light. Fire provides us with warmth. Light is illumination, divinity. Warmth is protection from the cold and the darkness. In other words, life is hell, but it only becomes your lot when you succumb and submit to the non-divine and perverted pleasures of life. And I mean to be very non-specific with that. And this is where the seven deadly sins comes from. This is where the seven virtues come from. Attempting to obtain audience with God and the divine with source, capital S. Otherwise, you know, doing something wrong, having a conscience is, is, is hellish because you're in pain. It's a burning desire to repent and to be forgiven. You are burning in hell. But a real hell is a cold, dark place. Earth is a cold, dark place. The sun brings back warmth and light. Fire, represented by, you know, that uh, solar emblem. The lion, like in uh, Daniel's den. So the earth is cold and dark, but the sun brings warmth and light. And those things that we have on our minds the things that we've done wrong, the things that we need to repent for, that we need to be asked, you know, ask for forgiveness from, or, you know, from what we've done. Repent and, and, and be forgiven for the things that we've done. That is the, the, the fire and the burning of guilt 
and also of desire. And, and these are the things, these are the concepts that I think religion embodies, uh, and it's not, of course, just Christianity. I mean, these are concepts that are just handled and treated in a different way in, in a philosophy or religion like Buddhism. You know, suffering comes from desire and possession. And this is why when you possess a lot of material things, you want more, 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 more. Possession is, well, it's what it sounds like. Possess, you become possessed. When you covet, when you lust, you are attempting to possess. You want something else. Well, you are perhaps being possessed by your obsession, which is a demonic obsession, which becomes a demonic possession of the demon Asmodeus, for example. These demons come out of the fire, the fire of desire, the fire of, of, of guilt. But remember, fire is baptizing. Fire is protective, like those three men in the furnace. Holy Spirit, fire is illuminating. Fire is warming, protected. Fire brings destruction to the old, to the unusable, to bring about new life. Fire in that way is a really, really cool, really, really beautiful thing. And my intention in doing these back-to-back-to-back-to-back, week-to-week-to-week-to-week, special editions of the Secret Teachings on Water, Fire, and then Air and Earth next, is to bring your attention to these sacred elements and their accompanying elementals. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings, a special edition. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to support this show, if you enjoy what we do, Subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Grab a book. I'd recommend tonight Occult Arcana. Subscribe to the archive. Get access with a yearly subscription to the archive to download and stream all the shows after the air. To the montage archive as well. About 90 montages, including the one we played tonight. Access to my digital books. And with a one-year subscription, a physical book. Autographed if you'd like. Contact me with any questions, comments, or concerns. rdgable at yahoo.com. If you really, really enjoy this show and you've already got a subscription or a book, please consider donating a few dollars to support what we do here on The Secret Teachings. And you can do all of that using the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Or just go to thesecretteachings.info. Check us out also on Patreon for behind-the-scenes videos and more. It's fire in the salamander. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Why do they not burn? A giant fire world caught on camera. Just one of the 86 wildfires across the West, destroying homes, damaging critical infrastructure, and forcing thousands to evacuate. Greedy things. Self-destructive. Only out for themselves. So nature made everyone sick. And wiped away as many as she could. And then a miracle happened. Nature set the rest of the earth on fire. Burn it. Yes. But we started the fire. 
Yes, the fire rises. The old world will burn in the fires of industry.